city of splendors, crown of the north. And in this city full of wonder and intrigue, you discover all sorts of interesting new things. And in all of my years being a resident of this city, both villainous and virtuous, I have never, ever experienced someone swallowing another person's spirit. And now our druid has a bartender trapped inside of his mind. Anyway, the folks up in the castle ward call it the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's still just water deep. Okay, welcome back, audience and adventurers. When we last played, uh, Doran ate a ghost. And now that ghost lives inside of him. And I feel like we have some questions to answer. So I think we're just going to kick it right off with a ghost inside Doran. You asked what all this was about, basically. And the bartender said that he is a priest, a middle priest of the Eternal Dawn. And their, their objective is to kill the god Kelimvor. And that's the god that, that regulates life and death. Exactly, exactly. He's like he's like the god of death, but not in a dark, spooky, scythe, skull face kind of way. He preserves the balance between the living and the dead, and he absolutely hates the undead. His symbol is a, uh, a pair of scales held up by a skeletal hand. Well, he said that to the whole party because Doran's got like kind of a Bluetooth thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Doran, Doran has developed celestial Bluetooth. <laughs> so Fletch, what would all of the adventurers know about Kelimvor? Yeah, everyone can everyone go ahead and make religion checks. That was a natural 20. I got a natural one. Oh! <laughs> I also got a natural 20. Celine is like, I thought it was Kalimvort. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kalimvort? Max and Ledger, you guys uh, are in the know. Uh, you're not, you're, you're like, uh, we haven't talked about it a lot, but um, you're like those... Uh, uh, religious Catholics that go on holidays. I like to think that Ledger was on a ship at some point with someone who was uh, maybe a cleric of Kelimvor or, or similar and had to listen to this person tell stories while they played cards. Yeah, so you got it. You you know what's up. Uh, basically, you know everything uh, that I just said. All of the, the basic foundational stuff, um, balance between life and death, uh, doesn't like the undead um, with the added hook that like that passion for the hatred of the undead is a little extra uh, and it, that bleeds into the even the priests of Kelimvor when they talk about it there's a real animosity there so you know that there is a lot of antagonism between uh, any sort of undead or, or death like cult and the Church of Kelimvor. That actually works pretty well with Celine's backstory because she's got a little bit of weird necromancy ties that haven't really shown up yet. But so you think she would have known his name? But um, maybe she nope. just avoided him and thought it was Kelimvor. <laughs> thought it was Kelimvor. Calendar? 
I'm pretty sure it's a continent. Kalimdor? Ledger doesn't really like the undead much either, but, you know, we have a client, so we have to yeah. have to be considerate of that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so Doran, uh, he's, he's, what, what would you call that where he's talking to the guy one-on-one? Mind space? Thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Internal dialogue instead of monologue? Whoa. Internal dialogue. I like that. What does is, what is Professor Xavier call it? I was going to call it a one-man seance. Yeah. So Dorn will have a one-man seance. I want there to be, you know, those old seance <laughs> posters with, like, Houdini Thinking. and all those famous... Like golden age uh, magicians, Internal I want there to be dialogue. a one that with is Doran just talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite meat pie is this one, but this this other meat pie is also really good. And the ghost is just trying to get away, but it can't. You just wait. He, Doran's given him sight, and he's given him uh, sound. When we get to that next meat pie, that guy's in for a treat. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, he's going to ask him, Hey, buddy, uh, how big is your organization? If I remember right, uh, in the last game I had you pass a persuasion that you passed pretty strongly. And, and I talked about, like, you sort of bringing this guy over more to your way of thinking. So you ask him that, and you, you feel a tug as he tries to resist you again. Um... But he also says, or thinks, or communes, that he has no idea. He doesn't know. Uh, he, he works within a, a, a cell uh, that, that worked specifically in that bar, because the bar had a relatively close proximity to a morgue. Are we privy to this, or is this all internal? Yeah, Brad, is this, is this being broadcast over Celestial Bluetooth? Uh, yeah, Doran, Doran will, will say it out loud and he'll transmit it as well, just because it's probably funnier anyways. Because Max is curious about the laboratory below the bar. Uh, tell us more about the, the laboratory below the bar where this gigantic monster that you were able to possess um, was being built. Like, was this there before the bar or was this there because of the bar or was this part of the morgue how did this how did this laboratory connect to everything else wait there was a laboratory under the bar yeah um you guys didn't see it because um i was upstairs with doran we were investigating the sparrow's old office um, we found some things, um, and then we came downstairs, and then there was the thing. Uh, but I went, I found a secret door oh. to a laboratory, and I went down there, and I found this, that, that monster that attacked us, but it was in an inert state. It was just there. It was, there was nobody else down there, and it was there, and it was dead. So I came back to help you guys and as soon as I came back it burst through the floor Celine turns and just stares at Max for a minute and is like well now I really want to see this laboratory and also I have a lot of new ideas on materials but beyond that um, back to what we were talking about 
Max is just going to ignore the whole uh, you want pieces of flesh <laughs> comment again. Should we um should we go and check out the lab? It it not much time has passed, right? Like no, we're we're talking not, maybe yeah. an hour, right? Not even an hour. Uh 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean no one should be back there and they all went running as soon as the abomination came out. Yeah, so what we'll do is have you guys head back towards the laboratory, but also uh, we can continue the interrogation of um, the... Doran's guest. <laughs> Doran's guest. We'll very diplomatically call him Doran's guest. Doran's new best friend. So where is the captain? Are we just leaving? She had her barrel with her. Because I didn't want to just leave her with this body in the streets. She's curled up on top of her barrel, like a, a cat, but a dwarf, curled up around a mug of ale, just mm-hmm. snoring. She'll be fine. So she's next to this gigantic corpse that's on the street. Uh, I think that we should maybe get away from this thing before it attracts even more attention. Let's let's make our way back. Should Before we do that, should we move her? Should we move the barrel? feel like we should. I figure we should at least push it into the alley further so people don't bother her. <laughs> so they don't like, what the heck did this dwarf do? <laughs> well, that dwarf had a night in the town. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Celine will go over and be like, hey, uh, Max, Doran, Ledger, help me, just, just help me pull this. And she'll like wrap her tail around it and start to try to like walk with it. Yeah, I think we, I think we can all we can all push this down the street. Yeah. Come on, come on, Jade Buckle, let's go. <laughs> you all work together to get uh, Captain Jade Buckle and her barrel of ale sort of rolled into an alleyway where she will be less... Uh, conspicuous? Yeah, less conspicuous. Uh, she's not next to the uh, patchwork corpse <laughs> or anything. And that takes three hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought she drank more of this. Well, yeah, she did, but now it's all in her, so it's like this super top-heavy load. <laughs> it's the same <laughs> um, Okay, so you, you head back to the lab um, to investigate the lab further. While you're going, you're, uh, Brad, I imagine you convey Max's question to... Oh, no, you gave Casper... Sound. He can hear. He's got sight and sound. Yeah. Okay. So while you're heading back, um, Brad, you you feel a real sense like he does not want to answer this question. Like the nature of the lab and what it's all about. You get a ton of resistance against that. So I'm going to have you roll um, a competing charisma check against him. Wait, are you implying that Doran's like forcing it out of him? Because Doran wouldn't do that, man. Oh, okay. If he just says, I don't want to answer that, do you want to try to convince him nicely? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't He doesn't want to answer. He doesn't want to tell you what the lab is about. Because, you know, we're going to go down there anyways, right? Yeah. He'll hate that door. What's this? What's that? What's this? What does this do? <laughs> Stop touching it. <laughs> Perfect. And in fact, you get a sense of fear from him as well. Uh... Something that uh, is like really kind of at the core of it. Like he doesn't want to tell you, 
because he there there's the faith there. He believes in the cult and the mission of this cult, but at the center of that, there's this glimmer of fear that's really driving his resistance to um, answer the question. Ah, don't be nothing to be afraid of, buddy. I got you covered. He's really scared, guys. I don't know why. Have we gotten back to the lab? Are we in the yeah. lab? Yeah, we'll oh, say okay. you're you're back to the lab, um, and you're. Uh, I don't know. How did you get down there? Did you go through the gaping hole in the floor, or did you walk <laughs> down the stairs? Probably down the stairs, right? Yeah, Max would have gone through the, shown them the secret door. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I think Celine would have been really excited about that. I think that one of us or two of us should stay up here and keep an eye out just in case anyone anyone comes. Celine doesn't have as much um, res- uh, what is it constraint. She's going to continue going down. <laughs> uh, Ledger will stay upstairs then and just make sure that nobody else enters the bar and um, he'll send a signal if anything happens. We'll, we'll yell up through the hole if we need anything. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great up there. <laughs> I, I also want to mention three seasons in, six seasons or six episodes into the third season. Is this our first secret door? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. That's like, I mean, that's like a, a central Dungeons and Dragons trope is secret doors. And we're well into the podcast before we even had one. So you find yourselves in this uh, in this lab and the lab has been disheveled by the escape of the corpse monster. Um, that table that he was on has been upended and... Uh, bent in half and thrown against a wall. Timber has crashed down and debris from the bar above has poured in through the hole at the center of the the lab ceiling. And a lot of the stuff on the shelves has, you know, kind of been knocked over and and fallen onto the ground just from the, the... excitement and movement of everything else. So it's not the, the nice, I don't want to say nice and clean lab before because there were a bunch of dead bodies down there, but it was organized. It was an organized monstrosity, and now it's a very unorganized. Would Max have any sort of uh, memory from his brief moment in the lab before it got destroyed where he could think back to where everything was so that he, if he was looking for specific clues, uh, he could go sort of to that general area. I'm thinking like like in the show Psych or The Mentalist where he has that memory thing where he can be like, oh, right, this was all over here. You get advantage for mentioning the show Psych, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so I would roll like an investigation check. Um, oh, man, we'll, it's almost as if it's my specialty. Exactly. We'll do that incorporating that. I love the idea that, you know, Max has been a professional in- investigator for a long time now. He is clocking these things as he goes and really, you know, filing them away for later. So, yeah, uh, you can roll an investigation check with advantage for referencing psych. That is a uh, 28. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> you, you're welcome. You have so, investigated. <laughs> I win. I solved the case. I solved the case. <laughs> Max, in your mind, you see like that late 90s CSI style computer graphics building a digital scaffolding of what the laboratory looked like before 
a giant corpse monster burst through the ceiling. And what you see is tables of laboratory equipment and the piles of discarded uh, remains. But um, predominantly, you see a bookcase that had a bunch of files and and books and documents on it uh, that's been overturned and broken so that it covers a large amount of what was on those books in the first place. All right. Um, Max would like to go over and start looking for anything that would be of note. So sifting through these documents, you see um, a bunch of uh, purchase orders uh, that don't look like they're for the bar. They're all um, measured in, in poundage. And you think for a bar, it would be more volume, gallons, liters. And you also find a journal that looks as if it's uh, written obviously by hand, but um, regarding the experiments that happened here in this laboratory. Uh, Although you don't find a name or um, any sort of attribution on it. And um, is there anything of note in the purchase orders? Anything specific that they were ordering that that would stand out as weird or um, noteworthy? Roll an insight check. Uh, 19 on the dice plus 7, so 26. Oh, high. Uh, you realize that on the purchase orders, all the purchase orders, the, the line items on the purchase orders uh, are along the lines of one at 180 pounds, uh, one at 220 pounds, one at... Amounts, but not specifics. Not specifics, but you realize that there's a strong correlation between the... These are all the weights that people would be. Ah, I see. I see, I see, I see. Corpses. Hopefully. Oh, jeez. Yes, hopefully corpses. (laughs) Hopefully corpses. Um, And then uh, Max would love to flip through the journal and see what we can see. Um, As you start to flip through the journal, you realize that it's written in code. Uh, And that simply by looking at it, you're not able to discern what it means. You recognize the words, but they all seem to be jumbled together. Sure. Without any sort of real pattern. Max will pocket that journal to go over with the group later. Uh, Doran's going to be walking around the lab and just literally picking up like random alchemical vials and be like, Casper, what's this do? (laughs) This one looks cool. What does it do? Is this one supposed to be hot? He responds to it pretty well. What if I put this one in there? <laughs> that, that probably less so. Uh, <laughs> as you're asking about what stuff is, he's telling you uh, the little that he knows um, because uh, he conveys to you. I wasn't. I wasn't a uh, uh, laboratory technician. I ran the bar, right? I was a. I was a people person. I wasn't a chemical person. And so I don't know, but you probably shouldn't mix this stuff together because sometimes there were explosions down here, and you don't want to be—you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be exploding things. Chidedly put stuff down, like oh. (laughs) While all of this is going on, uh, Ledger is just behind the bar, looking through the bottles to uh, try and find the good stuff. 
<laughs> and he, while he's back there, is also looking around to see if there's any potential clues of anything. Can Celine and Max hear Doran and Casper's conversation still? Is it just like still on? It's one-sided. We just hear, <laughs> just hear Doran asking all these questions. Yeah, if no one's addressing him, Doran's not going to like broadcast that guy. So yeah, you're just hearing him basically talk to himself. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to respond to that, but since he's not, um, I think Celine will uh, start to also kind of browse the different vials and things. Um, and look at what might be remaining on the floor and everything. And she's going to cast Detect Magic to see if she can kind of see any sort of traces or paths that might kind of indicate what was going on or what things were being used more, um, or if there was any sort of magic involved in the, um, I guess, development of whatever experiments they were doing. Yeah, roll an arcana check. Nobody knew what kind of magic spell to use. And the whole room lights up in necromancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a 20, 16 plus four. So. Wow. Dirty great, 20. great combo. I mean, that, that reminds me of the power. Oh, which power? power? The power of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of you. <laughs> Who do? Who do? You do. What? <laughs> Remind me of the babe. <laughs> I don't think we can get a copyright strike on that. <laughs> no, because we're not playing no, the song. No, we're no, just, not. We're just That's singing right. the song. Just having a great time. We're just having. We're just having fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talia, uh, 20 arcana <laughs> check, uh, detect magic. The room does light up in necromancy. Ooh. Uh, I mean, just, uh, it almost hurts your head. Every oh, It's no. permeating the stones, the vials, the books, uh, and the pile of corpses in the corner. Okay. So the pile of corpses, I assume, is the brightest? Uh, nothing is really brighter or dimmer than anything else. You're just seeing, like, pervasive necromancy everywhere. I mean, it's not super surprising. If Max recognizes that she's casting Detect Magic, he will hold up the journal and ask what she, like what she's getting off of the journal. Oh, yeah. Can I tell what the, the letters do? Do they change? The letters don't change, but you do detect magic on the journal, too. Well, I think her response to just seeing all of that and looking at the journal is going to be kind of like a little shiver and kind of like a, it's a a lot of stuff going on in here. Um, We might not want to be in here for too much longer. Like, even she's looking a little discomfort, like her, her comfort level is starting to get a little bit more and more. Like thinking about going upstairs with Ledger, getting a drink. So Doran sees her looking uncomfortable, <laughs> and he goes from having fun with the uh, alchemical <laughs> stuff to being really worried. <laughs> he probably should be. Yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. Has Ledger found anything upstairs? Looking around behind the um, bar. Roll a investigation check for me, Sam. It's a five. <laughs> found whiskey yeah you found you found some bottles of alcohol that weren't shattered 
um, but you don't find anything that you feel is relevant to the case. Perfect. I'll have a little bit of whatever looks good and uh, wait wait for the rest of the team to come back upstairs. So, so Dorn will ask uh, Casper, hey, hey, Casper, buddy, uh, wh- who did the work down here then? This is where he starts to get really nervous again. And you feel him pulling away. And he says, I, I can't, I can't answer that. I can't answer that question. Selena's actually before, she is going to go back up because she's pretty creeped out by just like the overall aura that she can see in the room of the necromancy spells. Um, but she's going to go over to the pile of bodies and just uh, investigate them before she does that. Quote, unquote, investigate. Uh, she might keep something, but yes, she wants to investigate them too. I've seen a lot of scary movies, oh. and um, <laughs> when there's a pile of bodies, and usually, usually, well, even in, oh, give me a moment here. So, okay. there's a pile of bodies, and you've used detect magic, and, and you found necromancy <laughs> magic on these bodies. And you're like, yeah, I'll just wander over and take a peek. Okay. The ledger's upstairs drinking. There's nothing that that I can say about this in character, but, you know, do as you will. I'm just going to point out... I'm just going to slice off a couple of these glowing necromantic parts. As a reminder, well, I mean, don't forget, Skitter glows, if anybody doesn't remember that. There's a few things you still don't exactly know about Celine. I feel like there's a difference between like some phosphorescent glowing of an animal versus the I cast detect magic and this is telling me it's necromantic. I kind of like the idea of like a really tense scene where she's showing the corpses and she's walking up to it and showing the corpses and then she just cuts a toe off and walks away. (laughs) Oh god. Well okay. I'm gonna throw a little backstory in. Uh, what you don't know about Skitter is he actually was dead at one point. So. Of course he was. <sighs> Are you dabbling in necromancy, Celine? Uh, oh, I didn't know that bards could do that. She's not. Um, she might have prayed to Levistus because she really wanted a pet and. When the Countess blew up that guy's head, he was actually in the cross damage, and she found him when they left and took him and put him in a drawer, and then he was alive again and glowing. So, and that's why Brad is really creeped out by him, a.k.a. Doran. (laughs) Um... You know, in the, in, the, in the scheme of things, that's getting less creepy by comparison, though. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> We've definitely got yeah. up the level. <laughs> um, I also want to remind everyone that Celine is pretty young. She is not the most... Um, she's got negative one to wisdom like her common sense isn't always there if you haven't put that together yet uh so she's definitely gonna go check out the bodies um and her investigation she rolled a 13 okay so you get up to the bodies and you see um they've all just been piled together some of them are missing parts that were presumably stitched onto the um corpse monster uh and you also notice that all of them have um, signs of 
autopsy, medical autopsy. They have like the incision that the like the bodies were investigated at some point, like the Y incision, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. Like the chest cavity has been opened and everything. Yeah. Um, so you see that uh, you see them laying there, and then one of them blinks at you. <gasps> she pokes it in the eye. Just an immediate reaction. Pokes it in the eye. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I well, guess it roll, make an attack. Her. Make an it attack roll. Her. <laughs> I've never fought a pile of corpses before. This will be interesting. <laughs> that's a 14. So you hit it. In the eye, but like nothing happens. It doesn't react. It doesn't, it doesn't even like squint that eye. You just like poke its eye. (laughs) Gross, but I guess. Okay. I mean, she's, she's going to keep kind of like moving stuff around. Can she, like, I'm sorry. This is going to get a little graphic for those at home listening. If this grosses you out, just maybe skip. A little bit ahead. Um, she's going to reach into some of the cavities and see what she feels inside. Nothing. Okay. I, like everything has been taken out of them? Yes. Oh, that's weird. And do we see parts anywhere else? Nope. Oh, no. This is, I think, where Celine is done playing with bodies. Um, she's probably going to take a little bit of this back for Skitter. Um, but she's going to go upstairs. Let's see what Ledger's doing. <laughs> so Doran and, and Max, if you guys weren't looking at that, you just see Celine walk upstairs. She's like, I'm done. Uh, Doran yeah. noped out when she reached her hand in. <laughs> <laughs> she will She will give them the information upstairs when everybody shows up. She's. She doesn't want to talk about it. I think if Max noticed her react and then poke, um, after she leaves, Max would at least go over and look. So you you see the same thing. The pile of corpses, the Y incisions, and very periodically, one of the corpses, a, a corpse, not, not a specific one, because there's several, but they're all blinking. Just it, with like very long intervals. What? They're all blinking? Should we, like, put them to rest, or... We don't have a cleric, do we, so... Nope. Not not anymore. We can't do that. (laughs) Oh. We could burn them. Yeah, but the bar's probably wooden above it, so... Yeah, Yeah, the bar's already been burned once. (laughs) Sorry about that. No, I mean, that's why we're here, is because the bar burned down a hundred years ago. We were here looking for... Yeah, you you caused minimal burn. It was mostly the, the... individuals you touched <laughs> so so what is the turn what that is this is this, taken uh, so good what is this Calum Calumdor priest thing that we're dealing with how does that relate to the whole what are you guys thinking about it well I definitely think there's an imbalance um <laughs> <laughs> and what, I is he working with the, the vampires priest- are they the ones that turn the guy into a vampire because they like undead so much? Is that even related? 
Might be. Do vampires work for those guys, maybe? I I mean, I guess priest versus cultist, I would say it's unlikely just because, I don't know, priests and vampires don't seem to get along super well, but it's possible. They're clearly not the the good kind of priests, I guess. Because <laughs> we got this, th- it's just that we got this thread now where th- there's this priest activity as we were just investigating uh, something. We're still, ch- <laughs> it's kind of tough to get, get behind a 300 year old murder, but. It's true. Well, we also don't know if whoever was working down here was a priest because Casper won't tell us yet. Maybe Dorn will feed him a meat pie and see if he feels better. <laughs> Can they consume the same thing, Fletch? Well, if Doran eats it, yeah. presumably Casper will taste it. I wouldn't presume that, but now I do. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. They you have you guys ever, haven't you ever kept a soul prisoner in your own mind? <laughs> well, I figure I'd give him sight and hearing, so. Yeah, Doran will do that. He'll sit at the bar and be like, all right, buddy, it's time for a treat. <laughs> Let's calm those nerves. Oh no! You know, just out, just out loud, obviously as well. And yeah. then he'll reach into his pack, and uh, he'll unlock taste for our friend Casper, and just take a big ol' bite out of Cholton dinosaur pie. Ledger looks visibly disgusted. Casper's either gonna love it or hate it. <laughs> Fletch, how long was everyone downstairs? I'm wondering yeah. if I'm approaching well, short rest is- territory. Um, I would say probably not, uh, like five or ten minutes. Okay. And Max is still down there, right? He he just got a bunch of weird blinks. Yep. Indeed. What you gonna do? Oh, I was just looking. Does Casper like the pie? He does not. He does not like the pie. Uh, he, you, you, you get a, a whole roller coaster of sensations, Brad, from Casper. Um, <laughs> initially, <clears throat> shock and surprise. Like, with a hint of delight as he's like, oh, a treat for me? And then he remembers that he's a soul being kept prisoner in another person's consciousness and starts to wonder what sort of treat that might be. And then he sees the meat pie through your eyes and he gets excited because he likes food. But then he reaches into your psyche, realizes what the pie is, and you feel like this quavering revulsion (laughs) emanate out from his consciousness. And then as you bite into it, and the, I'm going to go ahead and call it unctuous. That's the only word I could, I have to imagine that a dinosaur tastes unctuous. (laughs) Um, And Casper... Casper does not care for it. <laughs> well, you'll get used to it. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Especially if you're here for a while. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Selena's going to pour uh, whatever Ledger is drinking and also an extra one and hand it to Dorn and be like, you might want to give him a little bit of this. So this is, this is going to be so bad. I bet Casper probably drinks a lot. Dorn looks at it and he goes, oh, I don't drink. Okay, Jason, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work. But again, from deep within Brad's psyche. No! (laughs) There's probably a legitimate strategy to getting Doran intoxicated 
to loosen up what Casper might say if Casper is also intoxicated. But we probably run the risk of if Doran's intoxicated, Casper might be able to fully possess him. So we'd have to weigh those two options. It's true. Uh, Plus, Doran's never been drunk, so he doesn't know. We don't know what would happen. He just turns into a grizzly bear and freaks out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) We let the mare out. (laughs) Rower! And it's not even drunk, it's like one shot. But he is a gnome, and he's never drank before. (laughs) Poor Casper, but that's the way it is. Maybe maybe one day Doran will be like, "Hey, tell me," and then he'll hold the he'll hold the, the liquor in front of Casper's eye. I think Celine will wait until everybody's up here. So I'm going to wait until Max is done investigating the bodies. Max will uh, finish up looking at the pile of corpses and um, do the little, you know, like may Kellumvor have mercy on the souls that may or may not be possessed by somebody else. (laughs) And then we'll head upstairs. (laughs) I forget if we've heard whether all the corpses are human or not. Humanoid. A few half-elves. Mostly humans. Uh, No elves, no dwarves. But human human half-elf half orc. Well, if um, Max is back, Selena's just going to turn to everyone. Since Doran won't take that shot, she's going to take it. Um, And then she's going to say, I don't think we should stay here. Uh, I don't even feel comfortable talking about what I found downstairs in this space. That's enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) If you think it will help us in the investigation, then let's get out of here and we can talk about it later. Yeah, I, I, I think we should. Maybe, okay. maybe we should go back to the to the office. She says, kind of a little nervous. Yeah, I feel like we all could use a, a good rest. It's been a it's been a day. <laughs> um, so, as you turn and leave the or get ready to leave the bar, um, you see a silhouette in the doorway. And um, Doran, deep, deep in your mind that the voice of Casper, who is quietly crying at the thought of not drinking anymore, stops, just immediately freezes his, his entire thought process, everything that he's feeling. And you hear this quiet voice, or you feel this quiet voice, and it says, that's him. That's the Dusk Man. Hello, everyone. It's Jason, your producer. Thank you for listening to episode six of season three of Cold Case. We have reached roughly the halfway point of this season, and I am really excited about what's to come. So thanks again for following along with our adventures. As we've said across the past few episodes, we're in a really strange time in our lives, and we hope to be a happy distraction from everything that's happening. So again, thank you for listening. And now it's that time on the show where I say even more thank yous. First up, and as usual, huge thank you to Tabletop Audio for providing the soundtrack to our show. 
This week, we used uh, the same track as last time, Thieves Guild, and the newest track, Witch Mountain. And if you need awesome stuff for your tabletop gaming needs or just some fun 10-minute loops to read to or to listen to while on Zoom calls with friends, you can check them out at tabletopaudio.com. Everything there is free to use. And if you are able to chip in, you can join the Patreon. We are members, and we use a ton of the alternate tracks that supporters have access to. Once again, that's tabletopaudio.com. And secondly, we have a sponsor, and they are awesome. Our show hosting is provided by BugBearBubbles.com. My friend Kat, up in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, has been making the world-famous gelatinous cube soap. And you can make every time you wash your hands an adventure at BugBearBubbles.com. She just restocked her Folk Hero scent, and I understand that there are some exciting new things in the works, so go check them out, BugBearBubbles.com. Let them know that you heard about them on Adventure They Wrote, so that she feels like she's getting a good return on her investment. We would appreciate it. Finally, once again, thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure being a part of your podcast rotation, and we hope that you enjoy the show. If you do, please give us a rating or a review. Share us with your friends. We're on all the different podcast sites, and we would love to get a bigger audience thanks to your reviews and your sharing. That's it for us this week. Thanks again for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery. Nobody knew what kind of magic spell to use and the whole room lights up in necromancy yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right that is a 20 16 plus 4 so wow Dirty great 20. great combo i mean that that reminds me of the power oh which power? power the power of the babe what babe the babe with the power what power? The power of you. <laughs> Hoodoo? Hoodoo. You do. What? You remind me of the babe. <laughs> I don't think we can get a copyright strike on that. <laughs> no, because we're not playing no. the song. No, we're no, just, not. We're just singing the song. Just having a great time. We're just having we're just having fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, that's something that the fans will either get and really like, or they're like, what the hell? What are you doing? The babe? <laughs> why are you why are you ruining my favorite movie? I have no idea what's going on. We were quoting <laughs> Labyrinth. The Labyrinth with David Bowie. It's where the magic it, dance comes from. It's now yeah. on your watch list if you haven't seen it. Sam, have you never seen The Labyrinth? I have seen The Labyrinth. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but have you seen I've it like 20 seen times? Goonies and people get pissed when I hear it when <laughs> oh, I say Oh, you should that. see The Goonies. I think you would really like it. <laughs> I don't it's think I've seen it either. I went to Astoria recently and went to The Goonies' house. Did Ooh. they yell at you? The Goonies? The people who live in the house have been coming out and yelling at people for standing and looking at the house. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Basically. There's no more no, Goonies anyway. here anymore. Sam went inside the house. Like You guys think he's outside looking. He just went in. He went in. The door was unlocked. Um, I figure, yeah. you know, I should check and see if the Goonies are there. They weren't. <laughs> Were there any weird pirates? No, just long ang- story short, they weren't angry people. Angry, angry people. people. No, just a Doberman. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a yes. miniature pincher. Yeah. Legit though, Jason. 
The Goonies. You should watch it. I think about it. Sam, you should watch The Labyrinth. Maybe we can Netflix party it. I have seen it. The Labyrinth. The movie came <laughs> out in 1986. I don't remember. It sounds all like you need to songs. see it again. Okay. Also, um, it's just Labyrinth. It's not The Labyrinth. Uh, yeah. 